and we are live like ladies and gentlemen <laughs> thank you welcome to the show mr viva fry how's it, uh, how's it going thank you for having me it's going very good i guess i'll call you david if that's yes. okay that, how many times know, that is my real name people get offended when they find out that my name is david and not viva yeah, is, is Viva a common first name? Is that uh, I no, look, I, I've got a family member who's named I got a couple named Vivian or nah, it, it was a, I, I picked the name out of a hat to name the channel, you know, a decade ago, just randomly and uh, stuck with it. So, yeah, well, I like it live free. Just say it's it's short for vivacious. I, I, I initially I was going to say Viva Fry, live free or die. And then everyone in my family is like, you don't need to put in the die part. You can just live free. So <laughs> turn into uh, Viva Fry, live you, free. You, you're not alone in that. It was just uh, uh, twittering with with a Montreal, another Montrealer named Natasha, live free or die. So it's, uh, it's not well, necessarily it's, it's, a bad thing. No, it's the New Hampshire license plate as well. But let's stay positive and say, just live free. Don't worry about the dying until until it has yeah, to happen. It's gonna, exactly. <laughs> let, it, let it happen when it does. So I want to get into some of your story, but I figure since I have you here, let's let's do some current events first. And um, just as a bit of a, a, a preamble to that, the reason I'm doing this show, the reason I was talked into doing the last show is because I think that this, whatever it is that these platforms has provided, this sort of democratization of publishing that lets people talk to other people around the world in real time, get their feedback and also get feedback from their audience around the world in real time. I think what it's done is it's provided the natural counterbalance to the insanity. I was watching an interview with Brett Weinstein a week or two ago, and he was talking about like, the reason we're all going crazy is because we can't keep up with the rate that technology has advanced. And um, there was a, a, a previous guest on my old show named Curtis Yarvin, who had a term called the cathedral which means like the coalition of the government, the media and academia, they put out their narrative. And then this, this, whatever it is that we're doing seems to be the natural counterbalance. Like well, that, it's that... the cathedral is one way to describe it. I mean, the other word for it is fascism in its purest form, <laughs> which is government uh, corporations and academia working in unison to push a narrative. It's, it's, it's propaganda of all tyrannical regimes and how it maintains control. And there's a reason why you know, we're not going to necessarily flesh it out today in detail, but there's a reason why in any regime where they're trying to control the free, free flow of information, they're going after the internet. Yeah. Tr Trudeau in Canada, you know, hate speech, um, a disinformation, misinformation, malinformation. Well, I'll have you on. I'll have you on. We'll do a live reading of Anatomy of the State. Sounds, I don't know. <laughs> how, how long is that book? <laughs> oh, it's a, pam it's a pamphlet. Right, cool. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> It's, I think he had sort of elucidated the concept first, but then, uh, you know, Yarvin coined that phrase that just stuck. Um, so anyways, we'll get into all that. But first, since I have you here, you, you are one of these experts who's able to talk to other people and to be able to get your opinion on stuff is really important. And I think you might be one of the most well-informed people in the world, possibly because you get to do this stuff full time and give your expert opinion. You like to comment on the legal cases that are going on for someone like myself who does not have the time to keep up with everything, mm -hmm. you're an, an amazing resource because we can tune into you, find out what's going on. So there was this person who, as of this week, I had never heard of. I don't know who she is, but I came across this clip on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious, just even without context. Um, I don't know if you want me to play the clip first. You've probably is it, seen- Is it Fanny Willis or is it her boyfriend? It's both of them put together in a thing. So I don't oh, know if you want to give it, us a plate. You know? Okay. So give me a second. I'm going to, I'm, I'm still learning the production side of things. So oh, don't me... forget about it. Don't you? The, uh, while you, while you pull it up, um, I'll say that it, it's an amazing thing. Like, yeah, I do this day in and day out. I would be doing it 
you know, out of obsession, regardless of whether or not it has turned into a career for lack of a better word but like yeah you people just need aggregators of information to filter through mm -hmm. and also to pick the brains of the there are many many people who are much smarter and more well informed on specific issues and i understand that and i gotta go pick their brains condense them down so that i can share it and understand the world myself i haven't seen this clip oh okay so you can see it perfect i'm oh, gonna yeah. press play tell me if you need me to uh pause they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> did you or did you not, by May the 30th, <clears throat> 2023, have had sexual relations with Miss Willis, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. You also said that he was a world traveler and had been on many of the continents. <laughs> and the six. Have you been on any of those continents with him? Um. Besides this one. Doesn't know where Belize uh, is. Where's Belize? What continent? <laughs> I'm not being funny. I don't know. Let's say with the exception of Belize with him. I've been to the Bahamas with him. I've been with Aruba with him. Don't embarrass me. I'm not sure what continents those are on. Whatever continents those are. I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign. I kept some of the cash in there. I'm asking That's if you have any proof. That yeah, you think? The proof is what I just told you. You have no written proof. The proof is that what correct? I just, I said it, damn it. Did you ever pay him anything other than cash? I've only given cash a few times in, in the course of what we're talking about. So you if we would go to dinner, let, let her finish her answer. If we would go to dinner, I wouldn't give him cash because he paid for dinner or I paid for dinner. I've given him cash only a few times in life, probably four. Probably the most money I've ever handed him is twenty five hundred dollars. The least amount of money I've handed him. She has like five hundred and a thousand dollars. You never wrote him a check, ma'am. I don't have checks. <laughs> so for those for those of your Canadian viewers who may not know who this is, this is Fannie Willis, Georgia District Attorney, who, but set aside the whole Trump crap where this is like where it's really hit the fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the poo-poo has hit the fanny. I keep making that joke. Um, she's a district <laughs> That's attorney. So sorry, just to cut you off there. Is it Fanny or Fawny? They're saying Fawny now because everyone's making fun of the fact that her name is Fanny. But okay, so we're going to go with Fanny then. I, 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 I refuse to say Fawny. I mean, it's That's fanny. just not a name. Well, by the way, the, the, the ultimate uh, punchline to all of this, Fanny in America, as we know it, is the backside, the bottom, the buttocks. Mm -hmm. Fanny in UK, Scottish, Ireland is the vagina, which makes every all of these jokes even funnier. But for those of you who don't know, that's Fanny Willis. She's the district attorney out of, out of Georgia, Fulton County. Like one of the most powerful people in Georgia. She's prosecuted people. She's put people behind bars. This is the level of incompetence, corruption, that is beneath the very thin veil that protects them. She got involved in a sexual relationship with a man that she hired to prosecute Donald Trump, or she hired the man to prosecute Donald Trump that she was already involved in a romantic relationship with, gave him hundreds of thousands of dollars by way of salary uh, expenses to prosecute Trump while she was taking lavish vacations with him. And so this is in the Trump Rico case, which is uh, racketeering, uh, crime organization, racketeering, intimidation, crime organization. The RICO okay. laws were basically designed to go after mobsters. Right. Uh, Fannie Willis, who's the district attorney out of uh, Fulton County, Georgia, came up with this novel theory that Trump, um, who else was in there? Jenna Ellis, the lawyers, uh, and 18 other, 20 some other people participated in a racketeering, intimidation, criminal organization to overturn the 2020 elections. Oh, really? They're going after him Dude, under they, Rico? For under the... Rico, and not just Trump. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, I've had a number of them on my channel. I can only come up with the name of... Um, it's All of the mugshots you saw came out of Georgia. 
because it's not just enough that they have to go with this bullcrap political persecution. They got to humiliate them and, 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 you know, get their mugshots and, oh, yeah, this mugshot right here. Check this out. Uh, if you want. Okay, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Viva that's, Fry. So that's from com. this case. That's from this case. So it, it, it's discovered through the external prosecutor who is this guy named Nathan Wade. He's not, a, he's not doesn't work for the, you know, the, the prosecution in general. He's external counsel that Fannie Willis uh, hired on to partake in her team. She takes Georgia money, federal money, to pay this guy that, by all accounts, she was involved with before the contract, but certainly involved with when she renegotiated his contract and agreed to give him more hours. It's discovered in the context of his divorce proceedings, because he's got a wife named Jocelyn Wade, that he's boning Fannie Willis. And so the lawyer for one of the defendants to the RICO case, in that case, Michael Roman, files a motion to disqualify Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade from the prosecution in the RICO case because she's conflicted, both appearance and in reality. She's been arguably laundering money through her boyfriend back to herself so she could take these trips with him, right. paying him back in cash. And so they had this two-day hearing uh, last week on the evidentiary hearing to disqualify and you know remove her, see if another DA wants to even take this bogus political case from the beginning. But it was it was a wild two days. Well, and didn't she is, run on the I'm going to get Trump? Yeah, is that sure. her? She, okay, like like Letitia James, she ran on you know, persecuting Trump, and uh, she got elected. And she's made a mockery of the prosecutorial system. She's made a mockery of Georgia. And uh, you know it was it was the hearing was so bad. I covered it live, you know, day after day, eight hours straight. It was mm -hmm. so bad that even the MSM was saying, and I say propaganda media was saying 50-50 that she gets booted from this case because it was just over the top. She, she, in those clips, by the way, she confirmed that she took her campaign money and yeah. kept it in cash at her house. That she repaid Nathan Wade for all of these lavish trips that she took with him, paid for by the salary that she gave him that bypassed the legal requirements of contracting in Georgia. And then she says, no, it wasn't a gift. I paid him back in cash. Oh, mm -hmm. where'd you get all that cash from? My dad always told me. No, 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 no. It was even yeah. better. Her dad always told her to have at least six months of cash in the house. I mean, it's so outlandish and preposterous. Uh, Listen, the only devil, devil's advocate, I keep cash in the house too, but I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist prepper. So that makes sense. I'm not a, a Democratic DA. Well, true, right? but you know, there's, there's a number of things there where she said, in the trial that she felt intimidated she was getting death threats at home and you know like if you're getting threats at home you don't typically keep hordes of cash at home they're like six months of cash even still you have you have uh withdrawal receipts you can evidence to some extent where that cash came from and if you can't that's a problem for an ordinary citizen let alone for a, D a district attorney so well david she doesn't have checks oh i don't have checks and, and, and the other amazing thing about that whole trial is that she confirmed paying uh, her friend who she was staying at her condo uh, through not Zelle, but Cash App. So she has Cash Apps. She knows what Cash Apps are and she uses them, but she didn't use it to repay allegedly her boyfriend that she, right. the whole thing's a debacle, but the, you know, not that Canadians really care about it. And uh, those who do probably are happy with the persecution. All of these cases against Trump in the States are political persecutions at their finest. You know, the only reason they're a little bit different than the Navalny persecution out of Russia is at least they're not poisoning their political adversaries just yet. Now they're only just trying to bankrupt them, lock them up for life. Uh, yeah. So they're so much better than Putin. It's a, you know, a prison without trial. It's much yeah. better than... No. Uh, Disgorge uh, them. Just no seize, Novichuk. seize their assets, like what they're doing in New York. with. Uh, okay, so that's what I wanted to get into next was this New York um, uh, judgment against Trump, which it's funny because again, we'll get into your previous story. You've left Canada, you went to the free United States 
And when I heard this judgment, I work in real estate. I'm, a, I'm familiar with how properties are evaluated, with how businesses run, especially if you're a developer and you're using, some, using something as a collateral for a bank loan. The bank is going to send an appraiser. They're Absolutely. not just going to give you money willy-nilly. They're going to validate at some level the value of a property. And there's the one rule in real estate is that everyone, that's like saying that um, putting an asking price on a property is fraud, is fraud because you think it, it's worth more than someone's willing to pay. So, so like the 30,000 foot overview of this and for the viewers who don't fully appreciate what's going on in the States, um, you've got the Georgia Rico case against Trump. All of this brought within the last year, the Georgia Rico case out of Georgia. You've got the E. Jean Carroll sexual mm -hmm. abuse case coming out of New York where she was just awarded $85 million in damages including 65 million in punitive damages for defamation because Trump reiterated his denial of ever having known the woman. That's out of New York. Right. Also and, out sorry, of New and York, with that one, didn't they have to pass a special law that allowed did, which people e to... It, 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 it extended a window of one year, which expired in November 2023, to file claims that would have otherwise been statutorily barred, time barred, right. for, for abuse, alleged sexual abuse, um, as an adult as well it was called the survivor the adult survivors of sexual it was, it was something along those lines the survivors of, of abuse act e Jean carroll was instrumental in getting that passed the day it gets passed she files her lawsuit against trump it's a civil suit not criminal mm -hmm. um um and she you know so she did that <laughs> she did the, what the, she did the, win yeah. the window lapsed yes. and uh, she got her claim heard by a, a new york court and uh, wild I mean, it's right. a 25 year old, 30 year old claim of he assaulted me in a Bergdorf changing room. Uh, she was allegedly wearing a dress that didn't exist at the time of the alleged assault. She's a bona fide psychopath whose cat is named uh, Vagina T Fireball. Uh, evidence was not allowed. <laughs> I've never in... heard the T Fireball. Before. Oh, yeah. Her, 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 she named her cat Vagina T Fireball. She posted on Facebook how, like, uh, you know, she learned uh, everything she needs to know about sex from her dogs, chased the male oh, dog Jesus. down, and then, you know, she's, she's a, she's a, I mean, this makes crazy. the Kavanaugh stuff look legitimate. It's, <laughs> well, it, 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 it makes it all, you realize it's just a, a play. It's just the playbook. 30 right. some odd year old allegations that can never be disproven. As if Trump can walk into a Bergdorf and go into a changing room, uh, you know, without people harassing him, hounding him, whatever. So well, that's got, it, it seems like all of these, again, for anyone who's kind of paying attention, especially someone like yourself with legal experience, the point, you could say that the, the process is the punishment, but that's not even it. I think that the whole point is just to have something for the media to grab and say, look at all these lawsuits. Well, I mean, I remember having a conversation with someone a few years ago when he was running and they were all, it was all these allegations of, of sexual assault, of rape or whatever they were. And like, he's good. The guy's got 40 allegations. I'm like, that's, that doesn't, that means no, nothing. they're saying that out of New York. He's got, he's got set 91 indictments. <clears throat> it means nothing, but it's, it's one step further than the process is the punishment we're seeing now in real time, how, you know, in eras past, it just took, uh, you know, one, a, a racially prejudiced jury to convict anybody based on fabricated accusations. If the person didn't get physically, you know, publicly lynched before. Right. Or let but them we, off. <clears throat> or, or let, or let them off. I mean, let them off in DC. It's we're witnessing in real time, replace racial prejudice with political prejudice. And we're, mm. we're witnessing the modern day lynch mobs. You get mm. New York, E. Jean Carroll files her suit there. You get a totally prejudiced, politically prejudiced, biased, um, jury that will, that will find Trump guilty period. They didn't believe that he raped her by the way. 
in the jury form, it says, did he rape her? No. Did he sexually abuse her? Yeah, th there we believe enough of her lie of a story. We don't believe that he raped her because that's what she said. Uh, but we believe that he sexually abused her so that we can now find him civilly liable so that when he denies having done it, she can argue defamation, take it back to court there and uh, get a, a, an absurd judgment. Again, with another judge who's so wildly biased, it defies words. The judge is named Kaplan in that case. And the lawyer was also named Kaplan. Is that the so, which one? Which one is the guy with the white hair? Engelron. So, so <clears throat> which which case is that? That is the uh, New York fraud case brought by Soros-funded Leticia James. So, <laughs> I'll just list all of the all of the lies. You got Rico Georgia. You've got the uh, hush money payments coming out of New York. Alvin Bragg also Soros-funded. That's the one where he uh, allegedly paid Stormy Daniels hush money payment, and they're they've issued a thirty-nine charge indictment against him because. Every month when he put the check, the payment, and the ledger, that's three in felony and charges right there for the oh, same wow. payment. So there's that. Then you got the E. Jean Carroll defamation out of New York. Then you've got the Judge Engeron alleged uh, overvaluation fraud out of New York. You've got the Colorado removal from the ballot case going on. You've got uh, the D.C. insurrection case going on with Jack Smith, also a corrupt hack. You've got the Florida... Um, the Florida case is the classified documents indictment also brought by Jack Smith. Oh my God. Okay. I, I thought there was like three. No, no, dude, there's six. There's six or seven. Jesus. So, and some are civil, some are criminal and some are state, some are federal. So the Engelron, Judge Arthur Engelron, who eight years ago or nine years ago gave a speech to some journalists boasting about the tools he has as a judge to bypass jury verdicts if he wants to, uh, to... Uh, to basically carry out his bias whims. He's got summary judgment, collateral estoppel. He's got a bunch of tools. He said this literally. And he said in this interview, you can go look it up. Um, I saw that. It's, yeah. yeah it's, just, it's risky for me to say this because I know that I'm on camera, but I've got, I've got <laughs> tools that I can use. Um, so this judge in the Leticia James case, the case was brought for fraud. Uh, it's a civil case for disgorgement of ill-gotten gains, but it's basically run like a criminal case. Leticia James who is a bona fide psychopath who ran on a campaign, her election campaign, on going after Trump by name specifically, who in mm. her campaign accused him of foreign money laundering. And she's, we gotta follow the money. He's foreign money laundering because domestic banks don't wanna lend to him, which was wrong. And so she had to change her theory of the case to now, oh, domestic banks did lend to him, so it's gotta be fraud. The case was pr uh, predicated on fraudulent overvaluation of assets so that he could procure loans from the banks at allegedly uh, preferential interest rates. Right. The entire case is bullshit. He paid back all of the loans. The banks came and testified after the summary judgment on liability had already been issued. So there, there was no more trial. What you saw the six week trial was only on the quantum. It wasn't on liability because the judge already found him liable for fraud by way of summary judgment. Right, which so, can you can you explain? Because I've been to court several times and I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've had the other party request a summary judgment, which is something they can do, which is basically that you, there's no dispute whoever it is you, there's nothing there's they, they have no case this doesn't even need to be heard let the judge make a, a judgment without a trial well That's so in I'm... quebec it's a little different and we don't really have these summary judgments where you say okay there's no disputed facts so based on the facts alone the judge can rule but that's what it is say, yeah no there, mine there was are... in the u.s so i'm okay, that's familiar it. So with their system the concept is there's no disputed matter of fact and so it's purely a legal question that the judge can uh rule on immediately the right. only problem in this Florida case, there was a very big issue of fact as to whether or not there was an actual overvaluation. The judge comes in and says, look, I've got a county appraiser who evaluates Mar-a-Lago at anywhere between 18 and $27 million. This is a billion dollar property and it's, it's, it's laughable to everybody 
But the judge comes in by way of on motion for summary judgment and says, yeah, no disputed fact here. He overvalued it. Now we're just going to go and see how much we disgorge by way of ill-gotten gains purportedly. So was that not the same thing they did to Alex Jones? Yes. Was, yeah, wasn't that well, summary judgment as well? That was default verdict, which is a little bit different, but we're, we're talking about the same types of tools. Mm -hmm. Alex Jones was defaulted, which means that he misbehaved so poorly in the context of the, um, uh, of the, of the lawsuit that they not only said you're not allowed to present a defense, they said we're finding you guilty by default, meaning the plaintiffs don't even have to prove their case. I've, I've never in and my life- And that was because of discovery, right? They said you, we asked for something and you didn't supply yeah, it. Yeah, because they, they asked for things that he couldn't get, like videos or lists of videos on YouTube and Google, because he's been deplatformed, he doesn't have access to that. And then they said, look, you made money. We know you made money, show us where you made the money. And he's like, they make money from this, and they defaulted him out of Connecticut, and then used that default to default him in Texas. It's it's wow. It, they, How would you even quantify where you made money based on content? It's it, anyone it, who it, does it, this is like what, dude? No, is, so you, why is the you, fan you watching you because of one topic you covered 15 he, years ago? It's not even that. He he, ne he never, in any material sense, covered Sandy Hook. The only times, and I know this case inside out. The only okay. it, of the rare occasions where he did. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a, a, an immensely popular topic. It was just that his crowd was insisting that he, that he cover it. Right. Um, so, but, so I always said like they've Alex Jones, Donald Trump, but Alex Jones was a default verdict, which is another tool that they have. Summary judgment is a little bit different, but it amounts to the same thing. There's no actual trial on the merits. And so that six week trial where we heard from the banks saying, we lent him this money in full awareness of fact and law. We wanted his business. Mm -hmm. We would have lent him the money had his assets been valued, had he said his assets were worth half what they were. We right. got paid back in full. It's not just that there's no harm, no foul. It's that everyone did business uh, in full awareness of fact and law, but you get Fannie Willis. No, not Fannie Willis, I'm sorry, Leticia James, who, <laughs> who campaigned off prosecuting Trump, whose case of foreign money laundering fell through because banks were in fact lending to him, mm -hmm. has to go, oh, he overvalued his assets. They get a crooked Judge uh, Engeron, and I call him Nipple Judge Engeron, because this is a guy, I don't know if you know this, he's a bit of a weirdo and a pervert in general. He had an alumni website where he was posting links to his own rulings and boasting about how he was screwing Eric Trump, not screwing in the sexual sense, but like, right. he's like, hey guys, look at this link. I stuck it to Eric Trump, Trump by way of a ruling in his alumni website. So this, wow. this judge is so biased and politically partisan. He's got his own website, alumni website, where he's boasting about his uh, negative rulings. And he also then posted a, a picture of him topless with the camera <laughs> at his groin, taking a picture upwards angle. And he called it bonus torso photo. <laughs> so the guy's on camera boasting about all his tools that he has to arrive at his, you know, predisposed, uh, biased uh, conclusions. Mm -hmm. He's boasting about what he's doing in his alumni page, and he's a disgusting pervert to begin with. So that's the judge there. Then he comes down last week after the six weeks of hearing on the quantum, because the summary judgment was already in, $355 million disgorgement of, quote, ill-gotten gains plus $98 million in pre-judgment interest, which is going to accrue pending appeal. So Trump, if he appeals, has got to put the entire amount in uh, basically in, in court. In, in escrow. Yeah, wow. in escrow, in, in, in a court account, and pay the interest, which is like $39 million a year. Uh, <sighs> did I get that right? Is that right? Uh, that might not be right. That, I read that, but I don't think that that on the On the 350? It's basically, it's going to be interest on interest. It's going to be interest on the That would be like, yeah, 10%. That's like uh, Quebec taxes. It's, yeah, it's basically like communism just taking your assets. And well, so, so, 
No, so it's just it's just it's just wild. The 355 million for a case in which everyone was happy, repaid in full, and everyone rightly saying, "Well, get the hell out of New York." Mr. Mm-hmm. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary is saying it, Cuba right. is saying it. We're leaving because this the, it's not just a Trump issue. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, comes out and says, "This won't happen to anybody except for Trump." So <laughs> confirming it's politically this is, biased. we only do this to people we don't like. Absolutely. Right? And then yeah. the only question is, you know, law-abiding and rule-abiding New Yorkers don't have to worry. Well, great, Kathy. What are the rules? Basically, whatever the hell we say they are if we like you. Right. Well, that's where I was going to go because like I said, we we met originally at one of the freedom, I guess we call it a freedom protest in Montreal during the lockdowns. You were one of many friends I had who got out of the country because of the craziness here. But due to these rulings in New York, what they've done is de facto eliminate private property. So if you want to talk about which one's scarier, the, the precedent that's been set is, t- is remarkable and terrifying with this because how are you supposed to operate a business banks aren't going to be scared you can go they can go after their clients there's no no one claimed harm this was just the government it's not like like no one claimed harm like okay you have a a, a, you know someone in an abusive relationship and they don't want to press charges it's not like uh both people were conspiring to defraud the government nobody claimed harm because there was no harm and you you make the accurate point it's 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 not hyperbole to call this communism what they've basically said is we can find a way to just take away your private property Mm -hmm. and the amazing thing and i I said it as a joke at the beginning but it's going to turn out to be true leticia james just the other day said if he can't come up with the money we're prepared to use the judicial resources to seize and you know seize assets to pay in kind well what do you, at, at what valuation do you think they're going to seize his assets? If they had access to Mar-a-Lago, they'll say, great, you owe us $455 million. Mar-a-Lago is only worth $30 million, as per our court order. So now you owe us another four hundred and twenty. Right. I mean, this is, it's, 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 the criminals are the government. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They are the criminals. They're the ones engaging in RICO fraud. They're the ones engaging in racketeering. They are the criminals, but they have the power of the law and corrupt judges behind them. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a tweet just yesterday. I don't know if it's true or not, but it was an article from a newspaper in like 1940 saying that Mar-a-Lago was for sale for $20 million. Yeah, Pat, Patrick Bet David. It's, that- I saw PBD. It's uh, Patrick Bet David. If he, I saw that tweet. Uh, he's he's generally quite accurate. It's it's a no-brainer. But the, the crazy thing, even if it was only worth $20 million, what he did is not illegal. But that's, that, the, but that's, that's the crazy thing. That's it. Well, first of all, you know, how you value your property is it, there is an element of subjectivity to it. Somebody would pay that money. I mean, the, the only real confirmation is what it would go for on the open market. Mm-hmm. Well, to Steelman Engelron's ruling, he said that there were uh, there were business restrictions on what you could do with the property, which substantially devalued it. Bull. Uh, am I allowed swearing on your channel? Yeah. Bullshit, you are at liberty, buddy. David. You could you could burn that place. Sorry, hold on, my hair's getting in my way. You could burn that property down, and the lot would be worth four hundred million. There was mm-hmm. there was an empty lot selling for what? I think it was two hundred million up the street. This is like, people don't know what this looks like. I went to Mar-a-Lago. This is there's no real estate there. An right, empty you were there lot. just recently. Yeah, it was great. I, I made a joke that I was there for my own property valuation, but it's a, it's a <laughs> magnificent, magnificent place. But you could burn down the building, you could shred the dock, you could sell that lot of land to Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg. They can build a compound there. They would buy it for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, so there's no dispute. So get, to get back to what you had just mentioned, where the government is the problem, um, sort of an ongoing theme on at least my past show is the difference on sort of the right wing between libertarianism 
which is sort of that the government is the problem and your your conservatism which is like well let's use the government properly and i'm still undecided i don't know what i would call myself but i know that maybe some people don't know this about you but originally you were a regular youtuber or normal youtuber <laughs> if there is such a thing family i was a casey neistat okay yeah (laughs) well that's a you know a a normal person doing youtube videos and then i don't know exactly what your evolution was but i i'm assuming that at some point i don't know if you were just radicalized along with everyone else circa 2016 when the world went insane um or or was it because obviously you started you went from your vlog to your vlog where you started commenting on court cases. And I think you were really, I don't know if it was luck or circumstance or God just smiled on you, but there were some really great cases. Oh, it was since it was, that time where you had Rittenhouse, you had Johnny Depp, you had. I know this, this, there's a thing about just, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And there's a certain element of, of uh, not luck. It's like, you know, a, a golfer, what is my, what's the expression? Or what's my fault? It's, it's um, it, opportunity. It's, it, it, yeah, it's like it's, like a, it's a matter of luck, you know, to get a hole in one. But the, the, the more times you can put the ball within the area, the, the more times you can maximize that luck. Exactly. Um, I started off like I, I, I the, the irony is like looking back on all this, I've always been political in the sense that I've had my thoughts. I've had my beliefs. And I, I remember debating, you know, the second intifada with people back in back in the day. <laughs> I was definitely too. naive and ignorant, but I, I, I avoided politics, not because uh, I, I didn't have my political thoughts. It's just like, it was, it's like discussing religion. You're never, it's, you're never going to convince anybody. It only led to fights. Mm-hmm. It only led to disagreement. My parents brought me up with the idea, you know, don't talk religion or politics at parties because it doesn't go anywhere good. Where I got radicalized, if that's the word is you, you can't avoid the politics and where I initially, you know, I didn't want to make enemies. I wanted to make funny videos. I wanted to mm-hmm. initially give legal analysis without giving my own opinion because I didn't want to make enemies. And then you realize no matter what you do, you're going to make enemies. So you may as well make enemies for the right reasons. Like exactly. when, when I did my Brett Kavanaugh, uh, what was her name? Christina Blasey Ford breakdown. I'm like, I'll give every, I was given everyone the benefit of the doubt, but not sharing the fact that I thought Christina Blasey Ford was batshit crazy. I can make her arguments for her. But I still thought, as a matter of fact, that she was batshit crazy. And, um, and then at some point, it became useless not to say it. <laughs> because right. just, just by virtue of silence is violence, well, okay, fine. Then I, I, if I'm going to be violent, it's going to be not through silence. If I'm going to make enemies, <laughs> okay. it's going to be through not, it's going to not be yeah, through doing not this, do, it, do it civilly. But my question is more because, okay, 2015, I was listening to NPR. I voted for Trudeau. I was that sort of basic normie liberal guy. I kind of paid, paid attention to politics ch- tangentially, but wasn't really involved. And again, would get in arguments on Facebook about the Intifada or whatever it was. But uh, my question is, did your politics change at all in the past 10 years? Where it- I, see, I, I, don't th- I don't think so. I can think of two issues where my opinion has certainly evolved um, and it's abortion and gun rights. And it's only evolved there because of the corruption that I've been um, made thoroughly aware of. Like back in, I don't think my policy, like what, biggie things like gay rights, never changed, never going to change. Trans rights wasn't an issue 10 years ago. And I don't think my opinion on that is going to change because everyone live your best life. But the second you want to give medication to a kid who's too young to get a tattoo or drink alcohol, uh, we've got a problem. Uh, So I don't think my politics have changed wildly. I know that I've evolved on abortion. Uh, gun rights and the death penalty. Once upon a time, thoroughly support the death penalty. I still support the death penalty 
in its purest abstract form, but having seen the way the government will literally fabricate evidence and execute innocent people, it's, it's something that I support in principle, but not in practice because it can never be entrusted to humans who are corrupt or corruptible. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I voted for Trudeau the first time, uh, it was 2015, eh? Mm -hmm. would, what, the, what the hell did Can I you believe that's a decade ago? It's a decade ago. But, and I, I remember you vote liberal because it means that you're a good person to vote liberal. Well, Although, not just that. I mean, if you go back, I've seen clips of him campaigning in 2015. And I still agree with almost everything he said. That's right? the if issue he had also. actually... Sorry? Oh, no, I was going to say, he, 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 he has changed, I would say, more where you can actually juxtapose uh, where can, Canadians love guns to no guns. Uh, we're not the type of country that makes vaccines mandatory to we're making vaccines mandatory. So he <laughs> to, definitely, to then we didn't. Yeah. So like, but, yeah. but then the other things like back in 2015, yeah, we always knew defund the CBC. I think it was a thing back then, but I, I had no understanding of the depths of the depravity of the corruption, but it was definitely not as bad as it is today. No. So I don't think I've That's it. I was going to say, cause I wasn't back then I wasn't on the defund CBC train because they had people like Rex Murphy. But it wasn't what it's become. It used to be at least it had the facade of being balanced and they would kind of publish somewhat of both opinions, but all of that has changed. And it's, so it's, yeah. what do you, what do you call it? Like, would you, what would you define yourself as now? Are you libertarian? Are you, I don't even know if you're, I'm assuming you're, you're probably a little bit like me in that, like, I'm not necessarily pro Trump or anti Trump. I, I, I don't hate the guy but I also can't stop myself from judging him in the way that he did govern. And he kind of, yeah, he, he we did, like what we wanted was either Ron Paul or Bukele and we got neither. Well, so what am I politically? Uh, I would say if you have to give it a name, I'd say a constitutionalist. I mean, if we mm -hmm. only respected the charter of rights uh, or the constitution in the States, we'd be good. Um, right. But I, I'm a, just a, I, I think I'm just, Right in the sense that I'm just right. It's rational, <laughs> rational thought. Like I, I might make mistakes. I don't know what I would think that I've ever been wildly wrong on politically, uh, but I would not give myself a name because I think the names are, or the labels are useless. Yeah. I would just say I, I respect the Charter of Rights, and if that makes me far right, then you know, then that'll be up to someone else to label. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, ran with the PPC, the People's Party of Canada, because I mean, for God's sake, the Conservatives. Uh, it's not that they're not conservative. It's that they don't respect the charter and you get the conservatives and you get, I won't name names, but you get these, you know, these conservatives talking about white privilege and, and, uh, you know, respecting gender you know, pronouns and, and you get them adhering to these, it's not left-wing ideas. It's just radical ideas. And you realize, okay, well, conservatives are not conservative, even if they're called conservative. Liberals sure mm -hmm. as hell are not liberal, even if they're called liberals. And the People's Party of Canada, other than the fact that it sounds like a communist Chinese party, I mean, I, the, the party adheres to my principles. Yeah, um, I think and, I, know, I, we, we admit I'm a founding member of that party from way back in the day. I remember meeting Bernier before the, far before the election at a fundraiser here in Montreal. And that was the first question I had. It's like, uh, where'd you get the name? And he said, it's well, it's a, it's a French, it's a, it's a, it's a Frenchism that he kind of translates. Like, it works really well in the other language. I'm like, yeah, well, Canada's a big country. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, like, I mean, people think it's the CPC. Like what I say is like, oh, yeah. the Chinese, well, no, the CCP, sorry. So uh, it's an unfortunate name, uh, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, it's the only party that I've ever, uh, you know, it, it, I guess the party even might be more libertarian because there's a lot of CP, there's a lot of PPC dudes that I see on Twitter who are 
wildly offensive, who I disagree with and who boasts the hashtag, but -hmm. that's what it means to have a divergence of opinions where you don't apply litmus tests to a political party like the conservatives do to some extent, as the liberals do as a matter of rule. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what I was obviously drawn to the party because they are the closest thing we have to what would, we do have a libertarian party uh, in Canada, I believe it's Tim Mowen. I don't know if he's still the guy who's uh, running that, but like like most libertarian parties, they've never, they're really good at losing. Well, and, I mean, I, I, and I, I, PPC I, I, hasn't really, <laughs> they haven't strayed far from that. No, but, they've, they've, but they, you know, and now, now that I've run with the PPC and I understand the level of corruption in Canada just to get airtime, and mm-hmm. to get, the, you know, I, I did an it when I when I ran and I did an interview with the CBC and they don't put it up on their website after the interview. And I, and I think it's because the interview was kind of good and I didn't look like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. And I have to I have to hound them for four days to put the interview up. And then they finally put it up the Sunday before the Monday of the election. Like it's you see the corruption. You don't need to have good ideas or good thoughts when you control the bullhorns. So I, I don't blame the, C, the I don't blame the PPC's losses on um, bad governments, bad messaging. I just, it's, it's the system is designed to make it virtually impossible for new parties uh, or politically unpopular parties to ever get the bullhorn in the first place. The mm-hmm. Libertarian Party in the States, however, they post some stuff on the internet, on Twitter, that I'm like, oh my, th- how can anybody, anybody want to be part of the Libertarian Party with tweets like this, with messages like this? Um, and I, you know, I appreciate you have to be antagonistic to rattle the cage to get some attention. But you know, making yeah, jokes. Well, that's I, I think it's it's even hard to to define the Libertarian Party. Obviously, I don't. You're, I'm sure you're familiar with Dave Smith and oh, the, yeah, the Mises Caucus guys. Who I'm, I've been a bigger fan of them than the, the you know, <laughs> there's the right wing Libertarian and left wing Libertarian, and a left wing Libertarian is like you know dry water. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. But even within the right wing Libertarian, you have the factions there. So even even you know they say the, the old phrase is that it's like herding cats, but it's very hard also to say what it is the libertarian message is other than like well we're not them well and, and I've, I've had on dave smith i've had on scott horton i've had on uh, spike cohen so mm-hmm. i mean I've had, I, and i'm very familiar with the libertarians as as it's the philosophy is one that a lot you know it, it's amenable to an eclectic group of people um coming together even though they will have wildly different opinions on on certain things so scott mm-hmm. horton as a libertarian uh, you know i'll agree with a lot of what he says when it comes to his position on Israel and Palestine, we'll, we'll have disagreement. And I can even respect the fact that he, you know, believes what he does. Uh, that, and I don't know what that makes me. Like, does that make me a traitor or whatever? But, it, you know, <laughs> the, the idea of tolerating people's political opinions, even if you find them offensive, to the extent that it's not stuff like administering puberty blockers to, to kids based on the lie that it's totally reversible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always open for disagreement, but within the Libertarian Party, you have the free minds. And so it's, it is tough to have cohesiveness there. Um, yeah, you just so. you got to get past the autism and you get into the, you know, those. They have some wild conventions. I've seen, I've seen the videos of these. The, the Libertarian <laughs> conventions are they're uh, eccentric and eclectic, but they, uh, they put the, the, they challenge the uh, what's what's the what's the socialist group in the US? It's the uh I, I don't remember the name for it but they, there's clips of their things you know where they they start off with the pronouns and then they go into can we oh know, my god that, that was, that the dsa was the, the democratic thing. socialists that was the one where they had a clip about the guys talking about trigger warnings and stop chattering yeah, yeah. and make this is well that's also what happens when you when you don't have a, a mother or a father who says shut the hell up if you think you're that special that you get to dictate other people's conduct like that oh my god like i i, I i'm not a proponent of spanking i don't do it and i think it's antiquated i don't actually think that it, it achieves the desired result but not telling a kid that uh grow up and quit being a baby 
That's, that's what you yield by way of an adult, uh, dysfunctional adults who can't deal with the slightest bit of adversity. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, well, there's a lot of things that are, are causing problems in today's, and it's, it's tough because, yeah, I don't like to stick the label and I don't like it when I find it just, there, there's almost no point to it when you try to attach a, a former label, like people are like, oh, that, th those guys are fascists. These guys are 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 left. There, these guys are right. And what what people don't seem to realize is that even if you could go back to say the World War II era and and try to attach yourself to any faction there, the ability to put yourself in their mindset at that time and say, oh, this is what they meant by that, and this is what they wanted, and that's what these terms would translate to in today's era. It, it it it's almost impossible and i think we maybe we need to get better at coming up with new terms for what it is people are because we're always sort of struggling for this way to well how do i define myself and we well, say well i was an old it's looking it, it is just looking to oversimplify not for either for the purposes of writing off or the purposes of uh, associating with and even look it's it's human nature you need to you need to have like you know clear cut concepts to understand Politics, religion, uh, human individuality, is it happens to not be one of those things. You can have your ultimate litmus tests, which are, um, you know, I don't know, pro-life pro or well, pro-life versus pro-abortion and not pro-choice mm -hmm. is one of them. But even, even then, there is, there's not nuance, there's reality in there. And so you can mm -hmm. say, like, in an ideal world, yeah, no, nobody should have these things. But then there's, there, there has to be political reality that is not going to be preserving eggs in in uh what are they uh, in in vitro like you just <laughs> yeah. see in alabama now we're gonna have to see where that goes but no it's it's people need um you know clear clear delineations in order to know where they stand and where others stand and it's an oversimplified way of viewing the world that has you know been made exponentially worse with the advent of social media but it's always been like this to some extent or another mm -hmm. i mean that's why again a major discussion on my previous show was that sort of if you look at what now they call the dissident right which is the kind of people who are like you know what and i've i've always been a proponent of this that i've never been a fan of democracy per se i mean i remember reading an article when i was like 18 or 19 it was with um not the dalai lama but someone like him from this sort of eastern tribal culture where uh, he was he was the head it was like a you know seven years in tibet which again i think is the dalai lama but i'm not sure and he was saying like i can't believe you let people vote this is this is crazy because he was raised in that in a system where they had, I guess, the wise elders. Yeah, well, and then a, the a, wise a, elders. A benevolent dictator is the other way of de of describing it. Right, or or a monarchy, or these other things. Like people say, how right wing are you? I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to the idea of um, things being run in that Yarvin esque way of like, okay, why don't run it like a business where you have a CEO, you have someone in charge. And at least that that was the in that system, you knew whose head to chop off if things got crazy and you could associate well, I mean, the, the blame. But that, that, that the government is a corporation to some extent, you know, not to say if the government is a corporation, president, mm -hmm. vice president, mm -hmm. uh, d directors, the look, it, it, there will be no perfect system. That's that's the, 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 the bottom line. So exactly. not, you have democracy. The risk is tyranny of the majority. Flip side in democracy, tyranny of the minority, which is what we're seeing now, you know, which is what we're seeing now. The, you, everyone wants a benevolent dictator, but the difference between a benevolent dictator and a dictator is a question of interpretation of uh, intentions. And so, like, mm -hmm. the, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the only way to do it is the constitutional republic is, is, um, is, is a damn good way, especially compared to what we have in Canada. But it's not a bad idea. I think a lot of people don't really know what exactly it is that we have in Canada. 
where it's actually the governor general who is the one that I've listened to a long show on it. I don't remember exactly the details, but they are kind of the representative of the king. And they're there by this letters of consent that goes back to the crown. And then it's such a convoluted, strange system. I I would have no problem with us sort of shrugging off the monarchy completely and setting up a system of governance a lot more like the American one, where at least there's a constitution. There's like, here's, here's the rules. Here, here. Well, we, in, in theory, we do have a. We had a bill of rights, or we do have a bill of rights, and we do have yeah, a charter. I, now, well, now I've had on uh, the um, uh, his his name is slipping my mind. Bro, he was the Brian former, Peckford. Brian Peckford. So yep, he's my Peckford. brother's neighbor in Victoria, and he's been. He was asking me for like a long time. He's like, get him on your show because he really stood up during the protest. He was someone who wrote the Canadian Charter. See, he's, the, with, he's the last person who wrote the Charter, who who knew what it meant and who knew what it stood for and is now getting right. discriminated against. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, and kidding. You know, it's like, okay, because I, I don't think there's a person alive who didn't get into multitudinous amounts of arguments with people online about what our rights actually were and whether we had any, the, especially the, the, when it comes to an emergency. This is where, this is, I won't call it a radicalization, but I will call it um, a realization. Ooh, I'm going to write that down. Back in the day when I was doing, you know, the the vlog, but the, I I think I'm still objective and I'm not neutral, but I'm objective and I'll I'll give both sides and I'll say what I think now. But back before I gave my opinion, everyone's like, you have no free speech in Canada. What the hell are you talking about, Viva? When I was talking about Bill C-16 and I was telling Jordan Peterson, he's, overreacting somewhat you know bad cases make for bad law then i realized well bad cases become the law um mm-hmm. and people were saying you don't have free speech in canada i was like what do you got of course we do we got a charter we got our whatever whatever which one it is the freedom of speech freedom of assembly and then you realize like that caveat they cannot be infringed upon except in as much as, t- as you know uh, justified in a free and democratic society mm-hmm. well then i realized we we have a caveat that has no limits and we have no freedoms in canada we have no freedom of speech uh, because it can be shut off at the snap of a finger if they say, well, this is a reasonable restriction in a free and democratic society. Uh, mobility, yeah, well, that was shut off real quick during COVID. So I've mm-hmm. come to the realization that it's true. Unless it is a quasi-religious respect of these charter rights, they don't exist. In the States, the respect of the Constitution for those who respect it is quasi-religious. Mm-hmm. For the others, the ones who purport to respect it but actually desecrate it, it's totally political. So... Uh, yeah, yeah well, I don't that, think, we're, we're, we're subjects in Canada. We're, we are not mm-hmm. free citizens. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that speaks to something that I've always believed about whatever system it is that you have or whatever you call it, if it's not culturally enforced, it means nothing. And as they're proving right now, it's it doesn't matter what the laws are. I mean, this is this is sort of what Soros has done when he realized oh no, you don't you don't need to change the laws. You just need to change the way they're enforced. Yeah, you, you and, don't, you, and that. You, you just need to change who, inf- yeah, who enforces them. Exactly. And the return on investment, when he's looking, you know, everyone says, oh, we got to win the presidency. He's like, no, I just need the, the, the DAs. I just he's need these, these small I, I guys. The, the ROI on, on these small campaigns is Ex- it's mu- exponential. exponential what, is, right? what, what does it cost? I mean, it's, it, you're talking thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for school boards, for you know, local, local judges. It's, it is wild. And that's where it starts to boil up from. And it's true, you know, the presidency, we've seen the presidency doesn't really control much, especially when the deep state doesn't allow the president to do anything. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'd say the, the, the bottom line is it's, um, you know, in Canada through COVID, that really was the, the realization. Um, we, have, we have no rights, but we, you see how quickly democracy becomes the tyranny of the minority, where mm-hmm. everything that was done during COVID, I mean, it, it was the tyranny of the minority 
under the pretext of protecting protection, you know, benevolence and uh, the limits of a free and democratic society. But we, we, we certainly breached those in the hysteria and panic that we were in at the time. And just hopefully we get some sanity and lucidity back going forward and look back and say, what did we learn? Lord willing. I mean, I think that was the most challenging thing for myself and many other people on, on the sort of freedom side of things was watching what happened to our communities and our neighbors and what I thought was Canadian culture vanish. You know, I, the last place on earth I thought people would start ratting, you know, calling the police because their neighbor had guests. This is supposed to be a free and democratic, democratic country. And then I was like, okay, it, was this something that was always lying underneath in the Canadian, I don't it's, know, the sub psyche? It's something that's lying underneath the human condition. I mean, and it, 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 it does go to show you the vulnerability of humans. If it, placed under enough duress, torment, fear, 90 plus percent of humans are going to react the way we saw most people react mm -hmm. and others will react differently. And so it's not anything unique to Canadian society because you saw it in, right. in certain blue states. You saw it in Australia. You saw it in the UK. You saw it in, in many parts of the world. It's something to human nature where you know people will react irrationally uh, is the word intempestively when they are <laughs> under duress, when they're in a state of panic and a state of fear. And you have three years of death counts on the bottom of computer screens or television screens. And you're mm -hmm. told that the only way to get out of this is X. I mean, uh, it's not that you can't blame them. I think you damn well can blame them. But right. you can certainly understand how societies of, of, of previous eras devolved into, the, into what they devolved into. How did the Holocaust happen? I no longer ever need to ask that question. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if people find that to be offensive. Um, when you actually have society justifying uh, forcible detainment of people because of medical status, not because of mm. illness even, when you have people justifying suppressing free speech, calling the cops, I mean, people justifying boarding up basketball nets and chaining off dog runs and swing sets. I, I don't need, they're not in- they're Asking not in, kids. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're sure. You're not hauling them off in train cars to, to concentration camps. So yeah. it's, not at, it's not as bad by any means, mm -hmm. but being the same distance versus being in the same direction are two different things and, and, and they, they, can be, they can be distinguished. Mm -hmm. I, but I, ne I never ever again need to ask the question, how did society devolve into Nazi Germany? How did tens of millions of people starve under Stalin? I now see what, you get the government in to usurp private property, to scare out business, to interfere with food chains, the food mm -hmm. supply. You, I, I, man, it's been a, a dark eye-opening experience the last three years. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's, it's when you even bringing up the Holocaust, I remember having arguments with a lot of people where they're like, oh, they're not putting people on trains. I'm like, yeah, well, things come in stages. We're, okay, so we're only at the ghetto stage so far. Does that mean you can't make the warning in comparison? Like, listen, these certain behaviors lead somewhere. And then the the what brought me back to that thought is what they did was so remarkable. It's I think it was Goebbels. He's like, make the lie big enough that people can't fathom the concept that it's a lie. And that's what they, again, I don't want to get into details about anything's first show on a new channel that I plan on uh having on youtube i don't know where they're at with the censorship right now i know the you're rules already are... on a, mark you're already on a list <laughs> <laughs> as long as it, as long as it's not uh you know they don't shut it down completely but you know what i mean that that, no, that people couldn't grasp the concept that wait the, the whole the government the media everything is creating something that's again everyone has their kind of but opinions it, on what actually 
happened and 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 what it went through. And I know even for yourself because you had. Yeah, my, if I gran- can say- my grandfather escaped Poland in 1936. Like it's it, no one, no one gets to. First of all, no one gets to shame anybody because they are or are not Jewish to disregard their opinions or their or perspectives. But yeah. people understand. Like Mark Twain said, you know, history doesn't repeat, but it tends to rhyme. We're never going to have that again. Right. We we, we were <laughs> never going to have that again, if only because it would well, be a different point in time. Yeah. Don't don't speak too soon. Well, no, but, but I'm it, on it, Twitter. It, it will look it will look different when it happens again and it will be it'll be similar but not identical um mm-hmm. but the idea that if it could never happen again and you could never learn the lessons from it then why why say never again like they they said never again they right. held nerve it wasn't because it was so singularly unique it could never be repeated it's because it wasn't singularly unique and throughout history there have been moments like that and so mm-hmm. you learn from it and if you say you can never talk about it or analogize it you're not learning anything from it that will never happen again the way it happened uh, and uh, but you know people weren't being hauled off on trains yeah except they were being hauled off to government designated quarantine facilities without the uh, without the benefit of counsel. They were being whisked off mm-hmm. to government-designated facilities without their families knowing where they were going. They were being forced to, to, to be subjected to medical experimentation. Mike, oh, I'm sorry. So it wasn't Dr. Mengele doing it. It was Dr. Fauci doing it while lying to you and saying it's safe and effective instead of telling you, no, we're torturing you. So yeah, yeah I'm sorry. It doesn't, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not identical, but it sure as hell rhymes. Yeah. Okay, um, we're almost out of time, David. I think that's an excellent place to uh, to leave it. I could go. Or, I could go for hours. Mark. <laughs> we could go for hours. I know you said you're going live in uh, 30 minutes. Well, so, no, uh, oddly enough, so I, at one o'clock. But well, by the, this will be airing later. But uh, I'm I'm actually having uh, Kayla Pollock on, who mm. is someone who was injured and uh, injured from a certain medical procedure, mm-hmm. and the socialist government uh, that compelled, coerced, uh, brainwashed, or tr- terrified people into subjecting themselves to this. Oh, this isn't going where I think it's going, is it? No, 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 no. She's, she's, well, they, 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 as part of her treatment, they, she got paralyzed from this and, and yeah. they offered her maids. Okay, that's, they offered Jesus her. Christ. It's, 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 it's dark beyond your wildest dreams. Nightmares, I should say, dreams. That's so anyways, that's what I have on today. But yeah, no, this is, um, Mark, we'll, we'll do this okay, again. Well, this everyone, is- everyone tune in. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, let the people know where to find you. Viva Fry. Viva Fry. <laughs> I'm waiting one day I'll be in public. Someone's going to say, Viva? I was like, how the hell did you know the, the shirt? Yeah, um, I was wearing my, my name on a shirt. And my shoes and my keychain. Uh, the Viva Fry on Twitter. VivaBarnesLaw.Locals.com for all of the good, juicy, political, you know, uh, legal uh, analysis with Robert Barnes, who's a practicing attorney in the States. And uh, that's it. I'm Viva Fry on Rumble. But uh, you put Viva Fry in the interwebs, you'll find a lot of you'll, stuff, you'll including me catching a fish with a drone. That's <laughs> nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you like this show, press the like button. And if you want to see more content like this, subscribe. Thank you. We'll see you all soon. Bye. Good. Are we still alive? Uh, yeah.